Welcome to another episode of No Challenges Remaining. Once again, coming to you live from Rome. Getting ready for the Serena Irani final tomorrow. Buonasera, Courtney. Buonasera, Ben. How's your week in Rome been? It's been good. I'm kind of having issues with the allergies. Uh-huh. I'm a bit lean at the moment, minus the vomit. Explain. So, Explain the whole before because I feel like you can't just leave that sitting there. Sure. You got to put some sawdust of on course. it. Of course. Yeah. So no. explain the Lina vomit situation in Rome. Sure. So obviously Ben and I are here for the Italian Open. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would attempt to pronounce the sponsor, the actual Italian name. But uh, the Internazionale BNL d'Italia. There you go. I don't know if BNL is how you say BNL, but I think basically. it's BNL. It's the bank. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, um, and Lena, who is the number two seed here, went out in the quarterfinals yeah. to Sara Irani in a rather surprising result, uh, given the fact that she had never lost to Sarah Irani. Was six and zero um, and was playing really, really well. Yeah. And uh, just a bit of an air-strewn match for Lena, as per usual, unfortunately, sometimes. Um, and a very good match from Sarah Vaughn, yeah, I have very to say. very solid. Very solid, really did what you have to do against Lena, which is make her hit an extra ball. And she hit most of those extra balls outside of the court, Ben. Mm. So anyways, obviously there's intrigue and questions as to, you know, was this just a one-off performance? Was this just typical Lena having a bad day? She came into press and told us that actually 15 minutes before taking the court for her match, she threw up. Yes. So she threw up, and she doesn't know why, but it did happen while she was eating some of the pasta that she got from the player restaurant. Uh, she also uh, blamed her allergies, and, the, and that's what I meant, is that the allergies here are rough. I've been sneezing, my eyes have been watering, my throat is messed up um, this entire week, yeah. so it's been a little bit peak of Peak of springtime in terms of pollen in Rome. You can so. see it, like, as yeah. you walk, and, and my, like, I usually, when I walk around the grounds, I'm, like, constantly, like, squinting more than normal, because I just, there's just stuff in the air, so it's a bit frustrating, but that's how I'm doing. That's a long, long way to introduce my current status. How are you doing, Ben? This is your first time in Rome. It is my first time in Rome at the tournament, and it's been pretty nice so far. Everything you hear about this tournament is pretty much true. It's beautiful, it's very picturesque, it's a little crazy, and it's very spread out in terms of media. You get a lot of exercise in compared to most tournaments, which is some, in some ways good. Uh, you feel like you're pretty mobile. I never feel like I'm just you know, sitting on my butt all day. Uh, so they make you work for it, which is nice, I guess, to put a silver lining on it. But and, it is inefficient. But it is it's not. No, this is not a place that uh, reeks of efficiency. Yeah. You see the differences between... Uh, I think we were talking about it just amongst ourselves, the way that Indian Wells and Miami sort of share all the mm. same strengths and weaknesses. In a lot of same ways, the two lead-ups, the two premier mandatory WTA and ATP Masters uh, 1000 lead-ups to the clay, uh, the last two anyway for the men, uh, Madrid and Rome, kind of flip-flop what their strengths and weaknesses are. What Rome has is great crowds, great energy, really beautiful facilities, and a great sort of ambiance, but it lacks uh, efficient layout and or some of the organizational stuff. And Rome and, and Madrid, on the other hand, which you've been to, I have not been to Madrid ever. And what I hear lacks a lot of the ambiance and the soul of this tournament, but it's much more organized and feels like a very well-run airport terminal is what I hear. Oh, that's an interesting, that's one way to put it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the space is very confined. The courts are kind of close to each other. You can get from point A to point B. The, the grounds, the Foro Italico, if you've seen pictures, is built lengthwise. Along a road. Yeah, so it's basically like to get from, for example, the media center 
Center to superintend, or sorry, it's called grandstand, I guess, which is, or even court one and court two, which are the furthest outer courts. You know, it's a good 10 minute walk. Yeah, but it is a beautiful place. It's so gorgeous. Much, so much marble. Mussolini, for all his faults, was had a nice eye for tennis grounds. So we'll give that to him. Um, yeah, but it's, it's beautiful. Obviously, the Pietrangeli court is great. Sarah Ronnie, who we talked about earlier, won a few matches out on Pietrangeli, singles and doubles, because she's in the doubles final as well. And she will take on Serena Williams, who has played exclusively on the main Centrale court. Courtney, how do you see this final coming up between Serena and Sarah? Well, I think that it's, it's uh, Ronnie has had a fantastic week. I mean, she's played really, really well, particularly in her last two matches, yeah. beating Yelena Yankovic uh, in straight sets. Especially the semi, I think, was better than the quarter for her, for I sure. would agree, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, beating Yelena Yankovic in straight sets in the semifinal today, and beating Lena, obviously, yesterday in the quarterfinals, playing very consistent tennis. Interesting new service motion she has going on that's like, uh, basically looks like she's like scrubbing her back in the shower before her serve and she says that it's a it's a technical change that that hopefully means that her service motion is a bit simpler and she also hopes that it adds some power to the serve which it's not doing that yeah Spoiler i don't alert. think i don't think it is but um yeah i mean it, it's very hard to to give her a chance against serena on sunday simply because never beaten serena oh and six uh, last meeting on clay was last year at the French Open semifinals. She needed 37 minutes to even get on the board and lost that match in 46 minutes, I believe. Six love, six one. It was fast. That was one of the biggest blowouts in tennis history, I think you can say probably pretty fairly up there anyway with the grass Vera type matches because it was a Grand Slam semifinal and even though people didn't expect a lot from Sarah, I think Serena was closing it, really wanted the French Open. Was not She'd won it once before, but it had been over 10 years since she won it. And coming up against Sharapova next, I think you got the sense Serena really wanted to send a message. And Sarah, bless her heart, just kind of got caught in the crossfire and mowed down pretty pretty quickly. But I do think, I, I'm, I would point also to the match they had in Madrid last year, mm. where I believe in the first set it was 7-5 for Serena. And Sarah made her work a little bit more for it. And I think that a lot of the intangibles here, I mean, Sarah's going to get all the help she can get in terms of intangibles. There's no situation that would better suit Ronnie versus Serena than playing it, the Italian Open, um, in very slow conditions. So even if it's a matchup that just, in terms of tactics and everything, is a nightmare for Sarah, no matter where they play, it's as good as it's going to get here. Yeah, I and say. that's definitely true. And I, I have to say, I mean, props to Sarah Ronnie. For you know, I think we've talked about this in the podcast before about the issues of, of home field advantage, home court advantage, yeah. and how different players respond differently. Obviously, we see like players like a Sam Stozer, Fabio Fanini this week on the yeah. ATP side, not really being able to find their best in front of their own people, yeah, which no. is like an odd thing because in team sports, we think that that's the ultimate in advantages is playing at home. Like you almost, soccer, for example, is built around the concept of home field advantage, like in Champions, uh, Champions League, where like if you score a goal away, it means so much more than anything you do at home. Such a dumb role. Ben is rolling his eyes as everybody knows because he hates the world's biggest sport yeah true yeah fair yeah no i'm not being controversial so yeah i mean uh, props to her for performing so well in front of her home crowd for really feeding off the energy and she's such a battler and she loves that sort of thing and so now she's into the final first uh, italian into the final here at rome in almost 30 years yeah that's huge um and it's big so 
you know, it'll be a fun atmosphere, that's for sure, uh, on Sunday, simply because the crowd is going to be really, really into it. Because one thing that the Italian Open does incredibly well is support their own. They are very good at that. They with, pack in. It doesn't matter what court. With the exception of the aforementioned Fabio Fanini, <laughs> who only got about half the stadium and was whistled off the court after he lost meek later Lucas Russell. And he's the Italian number one on the men's side. Sarah is the Italian number one on the women's side. And the way that she sort of fed off the energy here is very different. I mean, each of the, you know, the four, anyway, Italian women who I watched here play, which is Irani, Schiavone, Panetta, and Georgie, all had their own sort of ways of doing it. I mean, Georgie never emotes at all. It has this very sort of business-like thing. And in a weird way, she's the one who got kind of the most vocal crowd support of anybody. They were really, really excited about Georgie because I think she can be seen kind of as the future a little bit. She's the youngest of them and has sort of the most exciting game. I mean, Sarah... It's a very workmanlike player. He plays a very subtle game, a very grinding game, very cerebral game in a lot of ways that people don't always give her credit for in terms of how good she is at constructing points. A lot of people, I think, classify her just as a retriever, which I don't think is fair at all when you see how much uh, thought she puts into each shot and how... There is intention. She's so deliberate out exactly. there. Exactly. There's intention behind her, her point construction Whatever when means. she's playing well. Yeah. If she's not playing well and she's passive, then she's a retriever. Yeah. But when she's stepping in, like she has been doing over the course of the last two, three matches, it's been really great to see. I mean, yeah. she, she absolutely deserved those two wins over, over Lina and JJ. Completely. And before that, she had a really good one over Tchaikovska, who had had a really good week. And she also beat Makarova and Skeppers, which is not easy. Skeppers, BT-dubs, lost only something like four or five games in qualifying. So it's a tougher draw than it looks like for Irani, obviously. And, obvi- and, on- and, and then again, in terms of the draw for Irani and, and, and her ability to make the final here, it's really coming off of negligible results coming yeah. into this tournament. So it's not even, I think in a lot of ways, I think we were kind of looking towards Sarah Irani as being someone who was going to drop who is going to, who is in for a huge fall, uh, especially she has semifinal points to defend French. the French. But good on her for, for having this week, and, and hopefully it's a springboard for her, you know, in Paris. But I don't know, what's your, what's your line of games that she's going to take That's over? That's the thing. I think we both would agree that Serena's going to win. I think we both would agree it would be in straight sets. But I think, I, I'm feeling like Abrani will at least have enough mojo, and Serena will be a little bit rattled by the crowd. Not rattled to the point of, you know, collapse or anything, but just rattle to the point where she's not sort of at her meanest. And I think Serena really does her best when she can really feel like she can just dial in and just make it, I don't know what the term is for it, almost sort of just like visceral for her. And I don't think, she, I think she's going to be a little bit restrained in trying to be, uh, keep some of the good side of the Italian public, who've been very positive towards her this week. Uh, she gave her post-match speech uh, interview after beating Ivanovic in Italian which was nice. They appreciated that quite a bit. But yeah, I think, <laughs> I think uh, Ronnie will get six games, which is more than I would have said initially. How about you? Yeah, no, I think if I were to set the line, I'd set it at five. Yeah. Or no, I would actually t- set it at six. So I would five say... Five and a half? Maybe? Yeah, five and a half, exactly. Yeah. So to where five would be about as most, the most that I would, I would expect. I, I don't think she'll be able to hold serve. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. And that's one of the interesting things that I haven't understood entirely, especially against JJ, is that Ronnie gets away with a serve that, I mean, just basically, just looking at the radar gun, Ronnie serves in kilometers per hour, what Serena serves in miles per hour. It's in, like, the low hundreds a lot. And I think Yankovic in particular today, you can see, just feeds off pace, and it's a really good counterpuncher. And it's hard to counterpunch at a feather. Yeah. You know? A lot no, of absolutely. It totally throws a new look at people, a new wrinkle, and it's something that I think that Serena has this sort of game to generate pace mm-hmm. that Yankovic and Lina maybe a little bit also mm-hmm. don't quite have 
to where she can really brutalize the serve. And it's going to be a question of Serena backing up her own serve in terms of getting the real margin of victory high. Right, yeah. right. But, I mean, what is, so let's turn to Serena. Yeah. What do you make of her week here? Very, very good. I mean, I think she started off obviously great. Tough first match against Petkovic. Lepchenko also is not an easy draw whatsoever on Clay Lepchenko. In swirly conditions, in very swirly, cold, yeah. gross conditions. And Lubchenko really played well um, in her first two matches, beat Peng Shui, one in love, and then beat Sloane Stevens, two and two, uh, in an American intramural, which was a surprisingly lopsided. You saw that match. I quick, did. Si- quick sidebar on that one? Yeah, I don't no, think I mean, it wasn't it, on TV or anything. Yeah, so it wasn't on a TV it. court. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, obviously a disappointing loss for, for Sloane. I think she had a, a really nice opportunity here, could have played Serena in the third round, which I think she would have gotten up for. And, so would of Serena, I mean, to yeah. be quite frank. But yeah, a bit, a bit disappointing, particularly given that she played really well in Madrid, Sloan did. You know, could have beaten Ivanovich there, uh, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in three sets. And no, just... uh, Lina. Oh, sorry, Lina, I apologize. You know, you want to see somebody build on that, but she's... Uh, Taken either she's taken a wild court or she was originally in the uh, entry list for Strasbourg next week. So get a few more um, clay matches under her belt before Paris. But uh, but an emotional emotional Sloane Stevens in that match broke a racket. I mean, really busted a racket. It was awesome. Explain. It made me it made me so sad it wasn't on TV because I wanted on YouTube. But I just like was obviously sitting there and it happened and I was like because <gasps> we don't normally see that sort of. Um, what was her technique? It was a okay. It was a double hit a la Serena. So you know how Serena will take a racket, smash it once, and it's already busted, and smash it again. To really then, do it in. Yeah, and then calmly walk to the chair and toss it aside. That's what Sloane did. It was great. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. There you go. I'm not, I'm not someone who, who poo-poo's like, boo, you're setting a bad example for the kids. No. I think we're, we're around tennis enough that we just appreciate style points on these sort of Maybe things. it's an American thing, but honestly, setting a good example for the kids, first and foremost, you got to win. <laughs> like, sorry, like you kind of do. If getting the negativity out, of, it didn't work, obviously. Uh, she obviously went on to lose. But, um, you know, if getting that negativity or that energy out or, or you know, Serena always says it's kind of a reset button. Yeah. Uh, Golbis says, Ernest Golbis on the ATP side says that as well. It's not bad. Yeah. Serena then, after beating Lepchenko, beat Zhang Shui, who had a better than expected week because no one was looking at her at all in the draw. I think it's fair to say beating Kvitova. And then winning what I heard was a very ugly match against Mikhail. I did not get to see that one, but I heard I it was... I did not either. heard it was ugly. So many, 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 many deuce points. That's yeah. what I do know about that one. It was a three-setter, very tightly decided. Uh, something like 30-plus deuces or wow. something in that game, I believe. Wow. Or that uh, match. Yeah. And then Serena beat Ivanovic uh, in three sets. Uh, breadstick sandwich, uh, panini in Italian terms. 3-6, uh, 6-1. But what do you make of Anna Ivanovich coming into the clay here, uh, coming into the French Open, rather? She seems to be confirming her relevance in a way that we haven't seen in, since 2008, definitely. 2008, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, my kind of running joke with Anna Ivanovich these days is yada, 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 2008, because everything that she's doing right now is pretty much a milestone because it hasn't happened since her incredible 2008 when she won the French Open and rose to number one. Obviously, she, she slumped after that, and, and it's been a, a tough road back. But it's just good to see her play positive tennis. I think that's, yeah. that's one thing that's been a really big difference. Not as much negativity, but a lot of it is also just seeing her demonstrative. You know, I mean, it, she's always demonstrative with the, the fist pumping and things like that. But to really just feel like her teeth are, his, her teeth are in the match, 
um, is really great. Obviously, this was a, a rematch of, of Serena and Anna. It was a rematch of the Australian Open where Anna beat Serena. Serena, who was a bit hobbled by a back, uh, back injury yeah. that day. So there was a slight, you know, kind of faded asterisk on that win, but it was a big one. And this goes back to kind of what I always say, which is that, and Ben and I were talking about this offline, that, you know, when you are trying to assess a player's confidence or you're trying to assess what they might be able to do or where they are, where their head is mentally, it's not about what is objectively true. It's about what's subjectively true. In other words, what they believe. And I think that for Ivanovic, that match meant a lot to her. And yeah. other people might look at it and say, Serena was injured, it didn't matter, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. You know, like, it meant a lot to her. People will say, oh, well, who cares about Auckland? It's such a small tournament. But beating Venus, oh, Venus is, you know, not at her prime. Like, it's like, doesn't matter. To Anna Ivanovic, Venus Williams is Venus Williams and always will be Venus Williams. Yeah. So that win meant a lot to her. And it gave her confidence that she could beat Serena, which, again, is not a connection most people still make in this era because there is a lot of room in the rankings between the Williams sisters at this point. But to Anna, that's Anna's truth. It's and, her truth. And so that's what matters in terms of evaluating what Anna thinks and what Let her beliefs. Let Anna have her truth. I think she's earned that. Yeah, and, and uh, that truth helped her to uh, beat Maria Sharapova this week. Which yeah, seems that like was a, a great match. Yeah, fantastic match. And it seems like it's a result. I don't know what it is about Rome, but it feels like a result that happened like two weeks ago. And I, I realized that it happened here uh, just a few days ago. But it was a great match. The match she played against Carlos Suarez Navarro, a three-set win, fantastic quality. Really interesting contrast of styles in two clay quarters. Yeah, I mean, it's pure clay quarter. She on. very easily could have, and I thought that she was, and, and she was able to pull it out in the third set. But talk about Maria Sharapova a little bit. I mean, is this should we be concerned at all, or is she still like your number two favorite at the French? So completely number two. Yeah, uh, firmly. She, firmly, it goes Serena, big gap, Maria, bigger gap. Everybody else. Interesting. Bigger gap between Maria and Halep than Maria and Serena? Yeah, I think so. Wow! I don't know if I'd go with that. Well, I think I will at this point. Just because she's looked so unbeatable on clay and really doesn't have terrible days. Like, when she lost to Ivanovich, Ivanovich just took it to her. Zone. That was that was, that was a zone. That was a zone match. Yeah. And some of the rallies in that were so good for two players. We never associate with defense. There were some incredible gets and some incredible rallies in that match. And it was really, really cool to see. I got to see most of that in person in the stadium, which was cool. Because I hadn't gotten, like I said, spaced out. It can be hard to get out to the courts all the time at this tournament. I'm sure both will be fine. She won Stuttgart. She won Madrid. She's made the French Open final the last two years. I... Expect her to totally bounce back in Paris. I, I don't think there's any reason for her not to. Segwaying back to the Rome final, we have some audio from each of our finalists that we can play for you now. Uh, first, Sarah Arani talking about Serena, and then Serena talking about Sarah Arani. You, you had some tough matches against Serena in yes. the past. If it is her, how do you go in there uh, believing you can win? Well, uh, I will try my best, like always, and of course I hope that uh, the crowd and the and the course can help me a bit more. When um, you go when you go in there and you're smaller than almost all the other players in the top ten, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. How how do you use that as an advantage? Well, I, try. I have to be, of course, always 100 uh, percent physically very fast, and uh, I have to think a bit more, like I said before, and and uh, try to be the fastest that I can. So 
watch Harold this week? Or? I have. I feel like she's improved immensely, especially in the past, um, gosh, two weeks. I feel like she's just taken her game to a whole new level, and she's so much confidence beating two really good top ten players and two really great clay court players. So I have a lot of work to do tomorrow. It's not going to be easy, and um, she has nothing to lose. And, you know, she's a crowd behind her, so it's going to be a really tough match for me, I think. How are you feeling after, after the week so far? I'm feeling good. I didn't expect to 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 get you know to get, I just took one match at a time and now I'm in the final. So it's just it's interesting. I wasn't expecting this so far. Yeah, I didn't think I could play. I just was just going to come because all my friends are here. <laughs> and I love this tournament so much, so I thought, I'm not going to pull out. I'm going to see what happens. I got the latest start that I possibly could, and things worked out for me. It was really completely unexpected, so I'm glad I stuck in there. <laughs> That'll do it for this special final preview episode of NCR Tennis. Thank you guys once again for listening. As always, you can follow us when you're not listening as well by following us on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NCR podcast. And you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or your, whatever your podcast app or program of choice is. Uh, to get your epi- new episodes delivered to you automatically, which is good because it's so much work having to download them one so by one. So much work. We're all about making your life easier and more full of us. Because <laughs> so. we're certainly full of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a fair. I think people would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Many people would agree with I'm that. I'm sure. I'm sure. So that'll do it for us. Next time we talk to you, we'll probably do a Rome rap show, finishing up the women and the men's side, and then we'll come back to you again in Paris. So, arrivederci, Courtney. Arrivederci, man.